It's Light the Tower, your daily look around the world of sports with Hall of Fame broadcaster and voice of the Texas Longhorns, Craig Way. And Horns 24-7 insider, Jeff Howe. On your live, local, and independent home for sports talk in Austin, the Horn. saying that with tongue-in-cheek. Uh, this place can be pretty, depending on the weather. It's pretty drippy and wet yesterday, but uh, looks like it's clearing out and uh, should be able to have all three baseball games this weekend here in Douglas County, Kansas, between the Texas Longhorns and the Kansas Jayhawks. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Light the Tower on the Horn. 1049, 1019, AM 1260. We're live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. My name is Craig Wade. Thanks so much for joining us. Jeff Howe will be along shortly. Our man behind the glass, our producer, some several hundreds and hundreds of miles away from me, but uh, close to all of your hearts, is our producer, Cameron Parker. How are you doing this morning, Cam? Good morning, Craig. I'm doing great. Good, good. I'm glad to hear that. Uh, the... I know there there was some, uh, and and we'll have a uh, flex thirty update coming up next hour. But I know there was some playoff activity that started last night. You have playoff activity tonight, I take it. Yes, I do. Game two, Utah Johnson, Round Rock Dragons. Okay. All right. Spoiler alert: What happened in game? I mean, I'm up here in Kansas. So Round Rock did win four to one. Uh, Travis Secor, six innings, one run allowed. And so Round Rock tries to go ahead and uh, complete this sweep. In the by district round and advance the next week. Okay, is tonight's game down in Buda? It is. Is it down to Johnson? Okay. All right. If if it should go to a third game, it would be tomorrow. It would be tomorrow. Um, location TBD. I got you. Okay. All right. But Craig, uh, we did um did have a friend of the Longhorn Radio Network join me for three innings yesterday. Who was that? Kirk Dressendorfer. About dress, yeah, uh, it's great. It, it was fun. Uh, it was... Uh, well, and and a guy who is immortalized now with his yeah. uh, name up on the wall uh, there at UFC Udish Farmfield. So that's great. Uh, I'm I'm glad that that I'm glad that that worked out. Um, uh, we, we've got a lot of things to get to today. Um, let me let me just say this off the top of the show, and then I'll circle back to it uh, a little later on this hour. Um, I, I'm sure. Uh, and I'll save you the trouble if you go to the Specs text line. I'll save you the trouble of this particular topic. Uh, uh, I will have some thoughts uh, on the passing of Lance Blanks coming up later this hour. In fact, uh, it will be where we normally have inconceivable. Uh, first of all, it's it's absolutely inconceivable to me to think that we've lost him. Uh, but uh, more is the point, uh, certainly uh, out of respect for his memory and uh, the memory of him and everything. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll pass on a standard inconceivable segment today, and, uh, and I'll share some thoughts during that, during that time frame about Lance. So uh, that will be coming up a little bit later on this hour. So just wanted to let you know that right out of the gate, uh, certainly um, – not only not going to uh, pass on uh, talking about it, there's no way that uh, that I could do the show today without having something to say about my friend Lance Blanks, and I'll and I will do that uh, uh, coming up a little bit later on this hour. So I just wanted to say that up front, and then uh, we'll have some thoughts on Lance and his passing later on this hour. Uh, there, there, uh, many a great many other things uh, to get to as well. Uh, we're going to hear in a moment here from uh, Lucas Gordon, the Longhorns left-hander, who gets the start tonight for Texas against Kansas. Um, I'm going to kind of – I've been asked by several folks um, 
and uh, in uh, messages and things like that about explaining, you know, what what chance does Texas have still to try to win the Big Twelve baseball championship and. Uh, you know what? What does it mean in the grand scheme in terms of a regional projection and all the other kind of stuff? I'm, I'm going to run that down here in a few minutes, and and we're going to hear, uh, like I said, we're going uh, to hear from Lucas Gordon coming up here in just a couple of minutes, and then later on we'll hear from uh, David Pierce about uh, the team and also about uh, Tanner Witt and what they look for. Uh, for Tanner, because he's going to start Sunday. It will be his second appearance since returning from Tommy John's surgery, and we know how the first appearance went on Monday. And uh, and we'll, you know, we'll rehash that a little bit. We'll talk about that coming up, so we will do that. Uh, but uh, we'll we'll do that coming up. Uh, be, uh, last night, the, the, the team arrived. I flew in with the team yesterday, and we got here uh, somewhere between mid and late afternoon, I guess you could still call it uh, mid afternoon. And, uh, after the team came over and, uh, dropped off the bags at the hotel and, uh, changed into the practice clothes to work out close, they went over to uh, Hoagland ballpark and there was a workout. Uh, they had a full on workout and when it started, it was raining here and it was, it was raining. I won't say hard, but steadily during the first part of the workout and uh it was it it was coming down you know it was it was coming down pretty steadily and then it lightened up uh a a phrase i used to use that bill shoning for whatever reason thought was made up was the word slackened (laughs) you would say where are you getting that word i said it has it is slackened it it is that's that is a word (laughs) that uh, and it did, and by the end of the workout, it pretty much had stopped. And looking outside, it's not raining, it's overcast right now, but it's supposed to clear out. And then they're all kind of flipping out about this uh, up here that there's going to be not warm temperatures tomorrow and Sunday, hot, like in the upper 80s and low 90s, which just doesn't happen up here that often, At least, certainly not in May. Uh, I've been up here in May where there were multiple games that were postponed due to rain and just cold and damp and drippy. You know, when I, when I think about baseball up here, I, I always one thing that always comes to mind is when Texas came up here in 2005. Now, the first thing that comes to folks' mind in 2005, Longhorn Baseball, oh, they won the national championship that year. They did. Uh, but it was not without uh, their uh, tense moments during the course of the season. And – one of those, when they came up here to play Kansas, Adrian Alaniz was unbeaten at the time, had already no-hit Oklahoma during the year, was having this marvelous season. And we all get up here, and it's 34 degrees when the team is leaving to go over to the ballpark for a Friday afternoon game. It's going to be at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And the high was going to get up to 38. And I think it did reach 38. They get to the ballpark. Snow is piled up off the field. They've cleared off the field. Snow is piled up everywhere. And uh, Alanis was really bothered by the fact that he was told, you really need to wear long sleeves because it's cold. Adrian didn't like long sleeves. He liked to pitch in short sleeves and didn't want to wear long sleeves. And and finally decided, okay, yeah, I'm cold enough. He was cold. So he said, put on the long sleeves, did not pitch well, Texas – uh, lost the game. It was his first loss of the season. And Adrian always said afterwards, we talked about this, he said, I let it get into my head. It should not have done that. And pitchers need to pitch with a clear mind. And um, and and that's what makes me think about the whole thing uh, with Tanner Witt, too, because David Pierce will tell you kind of it, it would be easy and expected uh, that he would pitch that there might be some things rolling through his mind as through last Monday when he when he took them out. So we'll hear from Coach Pierce uh, about that. Um, but happy to be joined by my co-host, the pride of Northwest Williamson County and a proud graduate of Florence High School. And uh, they knew him then as Highway 79 with a purple and white that he wore as an honorable mention off all district offensive linemen of the Florence Buffaloes. But you know him best for his outstanding work at Horns 24-7. That's Jeffrey Howe. How are you, Jeff? Had to get a little editing done this morning, so uh, ah. sent me back. But 
Uh, got a little cough too. I don't know. My my daughter's had this cough, and my wife's got it. So I figured it'd only be a matter of time before it made its way to me. Nothing else with it. Just a little little cough. So. Well, let me say this. Um, obviously, you, you do have the luxury of the cough button there, so that's good. Or just clicking off your I, mic. I just used uh, it, yeah. as a matter of fact. Yeah, there you go. And I use folks who know me know I, I cough pretty regularly. Uh, it's that you know I've been checked out by doctors and things like that over the years, and a lot of it is just use of voice plus allergy and pollens and all that other kind of stuff. It happens. So uh, cough switch is always my friend when I'm doing games. True. Now. Uh, for for folks who want to know, because I've been asked this before, when you do a show from the road, what is your setup like? You want to know what my setup's like? I'm looking at my bed. Uh, <laughs> I'm not in it. I'm in the hotel room. And you got your, your uh, drawers scattered all over the place, or what? Uh, no, no, I I put those away, and, and when I showered this morning, I put those away up in the uh, laundry bag in the closet. You're so not going to do what Bucky okay. did at Big 12 Media Days one year and leave something for the uh, cleaning crew that comes in on your way out, Ooh, are you? No, no, He no, did that. No, no, I know, I know, I remember that. Yeah. Uh, no, no, no. No, I'm sorry, I, it, was, it was a Texas OU weekend that he did that, not a Big 12 Media Yeah, day. yeah, I just remember him leaving something there in the <laughs> hotel room, so no, no, like no, no, I won't basket. be doing that. There was a vagrance left in the room. Yes, right, right. No, 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 no. I won't. I won't be doing that. Uh, one thing I will say is the uh, <laughs> yeah. One thing I will say is this hotel where uh, where the Longhorns are staying. It's where men's basketball always stays, and women's basketball stays here if there's availability. They couldn't do it, I think, uh, this past year because it, it was hotel. The hotel was booked for something else going on. Uh, but it, but it's a nice hotel. You've seen it, Jeff, because I'm looking out of my window. And as I look out of my window, I look across and I can see the press box uh, of David Booth Kansas Memorial Stadium there, uh, the, the the football stadium. We're basically been there behind what would be the yeah. – yeah, okay. You remember that the gigantic-looking thing that looks like part medieval castle and part physical plant? Sure, uh, yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah, that's the Oriad Hotel. Okay, so that's where the team stays. And um, – and it always it, it's it's always a beehive of activity whenever men's basketball is going on because there's you know uh, there's lots of fans stay in here and and they have recruits in and all that sort of stuff during basketball football mm-hmm. doesn't stay here because um, there aren't enough rooms available for the football team a and b it's you know booked up on the football weekend so and so the football team usually stays over in Overland Park about twenty five thirty minute drive away uh, and. And so it's it's always a buzzing place for when men's basketball stays here. When baseball stays here, it's kind of a curiosity because it's usually in May. So what you have in May is you have two or three things going on. And the third thing happened this time. The, usually it's either a prom weekend, and that's happened several times, and so there'd be prom going on here, uh, or you would have a huge, like, sorority uh, soiree that was going on last night so you had that uh and and we've had that but then the third thing happened here and uh, (laughs) there was there was renovation going on and uh the the renovation this time consisted of laying carpet on up here I'm, i'm on the fourth floor and I saw all the carpet rolls out. Keith Moreland and I went to dinner last night afterward. When we got back, we saw these carpet rolls down in the parking garage. Where'd y'all go? Uh, we went to a place that I had gone with men's basketball called Six Mile Chop House. It was nice. And, nice and in fact, uh, Keith did. I went I went for the burnt ends because I don't get burnt ends often. You know, I like to get them when I get up here. True. We, you so, know, the barbecue uh, debate is one of those. That's that's opening Pandora's yeah. box, right? But, sure it is. You know, you got to just got to it's we've talked about it. And, you you know, you took me to eat some good barbecue in North Carolina when we were there for the, the Super Regional. Yeah, we went year. to Parker's. Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, and I always say, like, look, I've, I've been around the country enough to know, you know, it's not an apples to apples comparison. Depending on what part of the country you're in, you've got to know what to order. Like when you go to Kansas, when you go to when you go to the Kansas City metro area, I'm with you. I'm getting. Yeah. I had some real. I forgot what I had. I had like there was something like bacon, bacon and something burn ins. Uh, wow, and I that forget the name. Good. It was a highfalutin place, a newer place uh, in downtown KC. I get you the name of the Q39. Right no, 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 no. Uh, no. Chef J's, I think. 
I think I've heard of that. that yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll go their uh, Big 12 tournament next year or something. Okay. Okay. Well, <laughs> so we have dinner. What I did not know was that uh, uh, Coach Pierce and the coaching staff were also having dinner there. So they had they'd had uh, dinner there. They'd had their team meetings after the practice and, and that sort of thing. And then the, the coaches went out and had dinner and had some more strategy discussed. And uh, they had had all of their, uh, their worksheets out and everything plotted out for, you know, uh, how they were going to pitch to Kansas and what they were looking for and things like that. So, so all that was, was going on. Hey, Craig, we come back. Uh, from, there's a, yeah. there's a text on the uh, specs text line, three, three, seven, three, seven, yeah. six, by the way, Craig does not have access to the text line. So don't, if you want to ask Craig right. a question, make sure it's referenced to me. So Craig's not going to. What's the phrase response. go? Don't at me. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Texas from Wichita said they're approaching the worst drought there in almost a century. We're talking like Dust Bowl stuff going on in Kansas. Wow. Well, it rained like heck here yesterday. Well, okay. uh, I'm telling you, it's wet when I'm looking around outside. That's what, like an it's hour, wet, but hour it's and not half, raining. Hour and a half from Wichita to Lawrence. It's yeah, may, I guess maybe yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it, it doesn't look like drought here. Everything's green and all that other kind of stuff, but, uh, but I'll take the texter's word for it on that. Uh, and maybe that will explain the 92, the, the forecast of getting to like 92, uh, up on Sunday. I think it's going to be like 88 tomorrow and 92 on Sunday. We're told something like that. So, um, we get back from dinner and, and Keith notices when we park in the parking garage, that, uh, as he said, he said, oh, looks, they've got carpet rolls out here. I guess they're going to be laying some carpet somewhere. So we get up. I come back up to my hotel room, and this gets back to the original question about, you know, what my sideline or what my setup is here. And all of this, really, because, as you know, Jeff, I'm outstanding when it comes to going around the garage to get to the barn, you know, all the extraneous details that come into stuff, uh, necessary or not. We were talking about cough, uh, the cough, and I said you have the cough button. The setup when I went over to the ballpark during the, the game, practice, by the way. very good. When I when I when I went over yesterday, obviously during the team practice, and and Keith and I are there watching the practice, but I'm also taking the opportunity to set up the broadcast booth for our broadcast. Now the broadcast booth at Hoagland Ballpark. Uh, we do have a working space, which is good. We do have our own booth, which is good. And it pretty much stops there because it is um, narrower than a lot of, like, um, good-sized closets. It's very small. It's very narrow. It's not wide. So we have to kind of stack things behind us and all this. But, but we're pretty close to the field. So we can set up, and, and, and that's not a bad deal. But I set up everything except the main apparatus, that use, the, the miracle using the uh, phraseology of our friends of the ticket, the miracle of the Comrex, uh, the Comrex access unit, because I have to use it here at the hotel to do the program. So I set up everything there. I bring it back. But the other stuff that's set up over there includes cough boxes. So if I, if I have to cough, and I've already done it once, you know, I just have to you know, turn down my mic, kill my mic, and then, and then turn it back up. So, so that was a case of that. Hey, you so, ever, uh, have, I, you, have you were? I don't know if Keith. I don't know when the last. I know Keith swings a golf club every now and then. I don't know the last time he picked up a bat. But you ever been around? Good like, at it. You've been around like batting practice on the road, and whether it was you know Augie or Coach Pierce, like Craig, get a bat, step in there. They, no, ever, they ever invited you to step in. They ever invited you to step into the box. <laughs> no, why no, not? and you know why? You know why? It's not because they had anything against some comic relief and watching me take a few rips at, at pitches. It's not that. You know this. You you covered a, a more Longhorn baseball than most of the people in our town in Austin. I can say that easily, knowing that with, with the, the the ball games that you're at, right? Uh, and you you've covered more than uh, the vast majority of the people in, in Austin. And uh, you know that everything's on a time schedule with them. Right, right. So, so they've, got it, they've got it down to decide who's hitting. Here's a group one, group two, the extra guys, uh, infield, outfield, um, you know, doing, doing that stuff. So they've got everything time to – you know, I would, I would definitely be a fly in the ointment if I tried to get in there and grab a bat or I'm something. I'm just saying one day I want to I walk up, I want to go to the dish and, and get there and, and pregame's going on. I want to see, like, Craig shagging, ground, shagging fly balls or picking grounders or something. 
Don't don't hold your breath on that. You know, do you and, own, and, you own and by a the baseball way, glove. You own a glove, Craig. You got a you yes, have a I glove. do. Okay, I've yes, seen you. Had not, a glove not only somewhere. do I have a glove, I've I've had one, the same glove, and I've taken good care of it uh, since 1987. It's a Spalding, and I love it. And and uh, Jason has it right now up in uh, Wichita Falls because he'll play some ball with it. Were you there. doing like rec league baseball back in your KRLD days or what? Yeah, we did. We had a we had a station team. Nice. So, uh, so yeah, I enjoyed it. I, re- I really enjoyed it, and I and it was the one sport when I was a teenager that I could actually play pretty well because uh, people look at me now; they wouldn't be able to guess it. Back in the day, I could run a bit. I was, I was, you know. How would you rate yourself on the KRLD rec league team? Were you like, were you like top of the order hitter, like best athlete? Everybody like, oh, if Craig's not here, we're screwed. Were you like kind of in the middle, or were you at the the bottom of the? I was kind of at the bottom wh- of the barrel. No, no, no. I was I was a veteran on the team. We had some guys in their twenties, and uh, and but I but I always hit near the top of the order because uh, I was a good contact hitter and I could get on base and had still had decent wheels for the late twenties, early thirties. I could still run pretty well uh, back in the day, but I could never, never. And this goes back to my days when I was played little league, pony league, colt league. Uh, and, and made All-Stars a couple of times, I couldn't uh, – I had no power. I just – I couldn't drive the ball, and I wasn't living in the weight room. I and back you. then, you didn't really do that. So, I was – I was, uh, you know, when people look at somebody and say, that dude's a slappy. Well, it, you know, it, it applied to me in terms of slap hitter because that's what it was. I was a slap hitter. I was a singles and doubles hitter. I had one year, one year where I had three triples in a year because I could get it – you know, could drive it down the line and then race around the bases. But I had no power. The term uh, slappy so, applies to something different. One different. Yeah, I understand. About, I, I said it. So. I understand. I said in my case, it meant a slap hitter, a singles hitter. Yeah, in mine. So, doesn't. yeah. All right. So, uh, my point was going to be about all of this is that Keith noticed that the, the rolls of carpet uh, down in the parking area. We get upstairs and I get back up here to my room. I send in the 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 morning the Craigway Sports Report for the morning that airs on our six radio station signals. And uh, and sent Cameron uh, the sound that we'll have from uh, Lucas Gordon and also uh, from David Pierce that we use during the program. So I sent that in. I, so I, I usually that's one of the last things I do during the ga- day. Uh, during the day is I'm also waiting uh, on the results. Believe it or not, of the Texas State softball game because we include Texas State's results in these reports. So they had a game last night. They start their regular season concluding series. They started last night. Uh, against James Madison, the Texas women's uh, Texas softball starts tonight against Baylor with that split series against Baylor at McCombs tonight, and then tomorrow and Sunday up in Waco. So anyway, I was putting all this stuff together, and I heard some noises going on, but I, I kind of just didn't pay much attention to it. I get done, I send the things in, I call Linda, we we visit for a little bit, and then I go to bed. So uh, so I you know I go to bed and. Uh, and I and I heard some noise. It woke me one time around midnight uh, or something, and it sounded like partying going on. There was banging around and stuff, and I thought, okay, uh, maybe that was that sorority thing going on. There's there's some partying, but I went back to sleep, and it didn't really bother me much. So I get up this morning, and I go down, and I go down to uh, get a cup of coffee and, and grab some breakfast. Uh, uh, with the coaches because it's before the team came down. They, the coaches get together earlier, and, again, they're they're doing their work uh, over breakfast. So I go down and say hi to visit. And I get to talking. Uh, you know you know Carly Todd with the, with the team, uh, personnel director, and she said, I think you're on the same floor that I'm on. And I said, fourth floor? And she said, she goes, did you hear all that noise last night? And I said, well, I heard some noise. And – she said, well, you know what they were doing? And I said, was that that party and thing? She goes, no, they were laying carpet. And I said, the, the hotel? She goes, yes. I woke up at 2 o'clock in the morning, she said, and there was hammering going on. And, <laughs> and I opened the door, and I look outside, and there's guys putting glue down. They're laying carpet at 2 o'clock in the morning. So she calls the front desk and said, look, I'm all about improving the hotel, but laying carpet at 2 in the morning is ridiculous. And the response from the front desk clerk was, they're doing what? 
<laughs> she said, they're laying carpet. So that got knocked off pretty good. I guess the crew was just trying to get ahead of the game a little bit. So it didn't bother me. It woke her up. The guys were not on the fourth floor. Uh, apparently, I think they were on the second and third floor. So uh, apparently they weren't bothered by it. So that's a good thing. <laughs> so <laughs> so things happen in Kansas, you know. There's, a, uh, there's, like a, there's a, a, somebody on the Specs text line is mad at me for interrupting you, by the way, Craig. Oh, that's okay. Well, well, you know me. I will always get back to the endless story. Yeah, it's it's okay. We're dropping in some details. Because uh, I'm sure I'm sure that texture is so interesting and would love to regale <laughs> us with tales of whatever they've got going on. So <laughs> probably I, you know, not. I, I I you know I'm I don't think I'm capable of being able to co-host my own program. So I'll just I'll just shut up and sit over here and play on Instagram or something. <laughs> uh, would you like to hear from Lucas Gordon? <laughs> Why don't we do that after the break? Because we'll we'll get that in the we'll get that in the notebook. In the report, in the notebook, we'll yeah. do it. We'll do it coming up. All right. So we're going to hear from Lucas Cor. Later, we'll hear from David Pierce as well. And uh, and again, I, I'm going to get to this deal, and it'll be an adjunct of the notebook about uh, where the Longhorns are in this Big Twelve Conference series and things like that. As I mentioned, uh, if you joined us a little bit late at the top of the program, uh, in the slot where we normally have inconceivable. Uh, we're not going to do it today. Uh, I'm going to share some thoughts on the passing of Lance Blanks because, by the way, that in itself is is just inconceivable to me and unfathomable. But uh, I'll share some thoughts on that. And, and Jeff, obviously, it won't even be interruption. <laughs> Please, you know, feel free to jump in with your thoughts on – on Lance, because I know you knew uh, Lance as well. And so we'll, we'll do that coming up in our uh, segment. Normally, we're in Conceivable Falls, and we'll continue. Uh, Jeff's in the studio, and I'm in Lawrence, Kansas, and this is Light the Tower on the Horn, 104.9, 1019, AM 1260. We're live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. Light the Tower. Thank God it's Thank God it's <laughs> Love that deep deep dewy doo voice there. Thank God it's Friday. So we are uh, to Friday. Is this uh, the the version with the disco queen Donna Summer? This is uh, Love this and Kisses. Is Love and Kisses edition. Yeah, this is the one I remembered. Uh so yeah, is that all, all a project of. Uh, it sounds like it, but I don't know. I I, I think he probably would have gotten the credit for it if it did, if it was him. Uh, but yeah, see if it does it again right here. Right here, it's coming. I promise. This is the extended dance rig uh, dance remix. Uh, all right. Whenever we talk Barry White, we need to have it on, like on a hotkey, the uh, Barry White Paul Quinn College readers, where he cusses and gets uh, frustrated with trying to read some. I think they were doing some kind of fundraiser or it was some kind of alumni yeah. weekend. I forget what it was, but Barry White dropping f bombs is hilarious. That's true. Hey, now I don't know if that's him on this deal. I, that that could be just a, their band members on Love and Kiss. I just remember that tune from a younger time. Hey, real quick, sure. Craig. Um, mm-hmm. got a dispatch from our good friend Tom McKay. Just did that read for letting you know about AV Yeah, he was calling you, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, Tom brought this to my attention, and I don't know how I didn't pick it up, but when you were talking about sorority parties going on in a hotel and then there was a line about laying carpet at 2 in the morning. I knew were, it was this coming. Were, I knew it. I knew like, it was going to happen. Your wordplay, you, you were like a couple word shifts away from making some pretty memorable radio or forgettable radio, yeah. however you want to describe that. But you were you were like on the on the cusp, but you didn't you didn't yeah. take that extra step over. Yeah, I knew it was it was inevitable <laughs> that somebody was going to go there with that once I once that part of it came out of my mouth and I wasn't obviously thinking about that but when that happened I thought you know what somebody <laughs> is going to take that and they're going to run with that and leave it to our good friend Tom McKay to take <laughs> and run with that good okay. dude Tom McKay uh, yes on that note uh, and by the way if you're going out to uh 
to the Hyatt Lost Pines Resort there in Bastrop, uh, out there with the mullet open, whether you're playing golf or just going out there afterwards, look up Tom McKay because he's going to be out there today. So uh, be sure and do that. All right. In, in the meantime, it is time now for our Longhorn Notebook. Jeff Howe's Longhorn Notebook. Uh, this is you, Craig, okay. leading off. We got to hear from Lucas Gordon here right now. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna we're gonna do um, we're gonna do that, and uh, and and this has to do also with uh, where the Longhorns are in the grand scheme of things. But first of all, as you point out, uh, you have Lucas Gordon who. Uh, we'll get the start tonight, and of course Lucas is five and zero, oh, and and uh, you know it, it, he, uh, uh, you know, did, got no decision in that in that tough Friday night loss uh, to Oklahoma, but he'll uh, he'll be ready to go and then bounce back, and he pitched extremely well, a career high, eight innings for him in the win last Saturday night in Fort Worth over TCU, so he goes to the mound five and zero oh, with a two point one six. ERA. And by the way, Kansas, even though they've had some struggles on the mound, their Friday night guy's pretty good. Right-hander Colin Baumgartner is 4-1 and one in a 4-3-4 earn run average. But Gordon believes that, you know, part of the reason why the team played so well in the week last week, which included the win over Texas Southern, then, of course, uh, taking two or three from TCU, that uh, part of the reason that they did so well is because they did so poorly the prior weekend against Oklahoma. Getting swept at home is never uh, the best thing, but some best thing. Sometimes it is the best thing because you know you kind of get kicked in the butt a little bit, and and uh, it's kind of a taste of reality, and you're not that good. So, kind of helped us to keep working and, and start competing a little more. And I think we're going to bring it into this weekend. All right, so that's uh, you know what the what the hope is that they'll compete and bring it in more uh, starting this weekend. Uh, I should point out to you that Kansas. Uh, has a team ERA of 6.20, so they're giving up some runs. Is that bad? In Well, in Big 12 games, Jeff, the Jayhawks team ERA in Big 12 games alone is 8-4-2. Damn, son. Yeah, they've given up some runs there, and, they, and, and some of that's gotten really inflated on weekends when they got to Saturday and Sunday and – and suffered some blowouts. They've been pretty consistent with their hitting. They have a two a two seventy eight batting average, and they're two seventy six in in uh, in Big Twelve play. So they've done that. Uh, but they and and they have pulled some surprises uh, this year at times. Uh, Dan Fitzgerald is trying to build. A, he was an assistant there for Dan Heefner at Dallas Baptist, and it's his first season. And so if, if you'll hear uh, David Pierce talk about about them uh, uh, trying to uh, do a culture change and and, and everything and get it turned around up here and they've improved the facilities uh up here but it's 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 a long climb for them no doubt uh for that now with regard to the big 12 setup as well and this will get us into the larger picture jeff with regard to uh, uh projections and things of that nature yep i've got but, them got those in front of me good good and i'm going to defer to you in a moment uh, with those uh going into the weekend for folks who wanted the update, and again, I had several people uh, email me and I had, on Twitter and some folks, and they, you know, what's, you know, what's it going to take? Can they win? If they don't, how does it affect things? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm here to tell you that West Virginia is, and the numbers alone don't tell the story, but they tell a big part of it. They're clearly in the driver's seat, and they're up to number 12 in the country, and they have a really good RPI, and uh, they're 11-4 and four in the league. They're 34-11. and 11. They play Oklahoma this weekend in uh, Morgantown. West Virginia has three conference series left. Everybody else has two or one uh, left. Baylor only has one, and uh, I believe, well, they they haven't been eliminated from the Big Twelve from making the Big Twelve conference tournament, but. They're drifting close to the edge of it because Kansas holds the tie break on Baylor. So even if the the Longhorns sweep uh, Kansas this weekend, they would both be six and fifteen going into the last weekend of the uh, regular season in that eight nine position. And the way the thing will end is uh, Baylor has uh, one series left next week in Fort Worth against TCU, and Kansas has one series left in Lubbock against Texas Tech. So it's not done yet. 
for who winds up getting left out out of the top eight and doesn't advance to the Big 12 tournament. But at the top of the standings, West Virginia's 11-4. and four. Oklahoma State and Kansas State are both 11-7, and seven, then the long ones are 10-8. and eight. Tech and Oklahoma are 9-9, nine and nine, TCU's 8-10, and 10, Kansas 6-12, and 12, and Baylor 6-15. and 15. Most projections, and you can update this, you have most projections have five teams in it from the Big 12. Most do. They have uh, West Virginia, Oklahoma State, Kansas State, Texas, and by the skin of their teeth right now, Texas Tech. That's the best way to put uh, that. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so most projections have that. The Red Raiders uh, have some work to do ahead of them. Uh, this is also an unusual weekend in the Big 12 in that three of the f- – one, two, three, four. Four of the six series that will be played in the Big 12 this weekend are non-conference series. That's because you get to the end of the academic semester. There is, uh, you know, there's uh, final exam week going on. There's graduate graduations happening on the UT campus tomorrow. Yep. It's the earliest I can ever remember it. Hey, Craig, real quick, uh, is there is there a – why do I remember more teams taking that week off? It seems like there's more teams playing a, a non-con series instead of taking taking that week on, that weekend off. Well, it, I think it starts with the fact that they hold that date open if they need to not use it, in you know, uh, because of final exams. In other words, they take that – they have that weekend pulled out by request at the Big 12 in terms of a conference series. Now, uh, several other ones are coming out of final exams or right before they go into final exams. This is normally the weekend when Texas goes into final exams right after this. So they usually play this first weekend in May. It is next weekend normally when the Longhorns are uh, – uh, are uh, you know playing on the tail end of coming out of final exams. The deal is this. This schedule was done over a year ago. So it was done before the academic calendar was completely finished there for Texas. Therefore, it had not yet been determined that that semester was going to start earlier for University of Texas students and conclude earlier as well. So this was a final exam week, and some guys had some exams to finish up and some papers and projects and things like that. And graduation is tomorrow, and there are, and we're going to do this next hour, Jeff, there are some Texas Longhorn baseball players who will not walk the stage tomorrow because they'll be walking onto the field here in Lawrence, Kansas. Guys who will be earning their degrees, but they'll do it in absentia. They'll not – They'll not have anyone hand them their diploma. They'll just have someone hand them a bat as they go to the plate, you know, that sort of thing. So we'll um, – or hand them the ball as they go to the mound because there's pitchers involved too, as well. So we'll, we'll get to that next hour. But in terms of this weekend, it, it, it's, it's an anomaly. Most of the teams in the Big 12 are playing non-conference series, uh, or at least there's, most of the series are non-conference series. Kansas State is hosting Southeast Missouri State this weekend. Uh, Oklahoma State is hosting East Tennessee State. So there's a lot of directional going on here. Uh, Texas Tech is at home against Sam Houston. And there's a pretty important non-conference series. TCU is hosting Cal State Fullerton. Fullerton, since taking two or three from the Longhorns, has been pretty salty. They're number 24 in the country. I watched them the other night beat USC. They, they, they've turned out to be pretty decent. That's helped Texas in the RPI. Now, Texas dropped two or three to Fullerton. They took two or three from TCU. So, to borrow your fish nor foul phrase, unless one sweeps the other, it may not adversely affect Texas one way or the other because Texas has played them both already. So, uh, that, but, but it's important. TCU is pretty much to the point where they've got to run the table and win the Big 12 tournament in order to get to a regional. Otherwise, they're not even going to get – here they were a preseason favorite to win the Big 12 or finish second, depending on which preseason uh, prognostication you consulted. And they're not even going to make a regional unless they win the Big 12 conference tournament. Uh, so, uh, you got all those. Then the two conference series, obviously the one here, Texas at Kansas, and then the other one, Oklahoma at West Virginia. So, this is crucial. West Virginia has its conference schedule backloaded. They started later than everybody else. They have three remaining. Two are at home. They have Oklahoma this weekend. They've got Tech at home next weekend, which could be gigantic for the Red Raiders 
in terms of their postseason aspirations. As we mentioned, they're kind of really on the back side of the bubble, still on the positive side of it, but really bumping up against the surface of the bubble. And and then, of course, Texas, in terms of uh, conference standing, would would do well to sweep this weekend. Certainly got to win two out of three to have a shot, but uh, – would do, would do well to sweep just to kind of get back into the conversation with that. They would still be a game behind, uh, well, in the loss column, Oklahoma State and Kansas State. And those two, by the way, play next weekend, and then Oklahoma State closes with Bedlam. So there's still quite a bit to be determined here, uh, and all the Longhorns can do is kind of, you know, dial in and, and, and do what they can do up here in Kansas. Now, if the season ended today, there are – those projections, and Jeff has those in front of him, that would that would uh, have the Longhorns, if I'm remembering correctly, because I did get a glance at it, Jeff, not at home to host a regional, correct? Right. Only one Big 12 team. And I'm looking at D1Baseball.com because with all due respect to the folks at Baseball America, I'm just too cheap to pay for Baseball America when I can get D1's <laughs> regional projections for free. And plus, Kendall and those guys over there do a great job. Friend of the show, Kendall. They Rogers. do. Uh, yeah. West Virginia, West Virginia's got a, I would think, Craig, depending on how they finish, has a shot at a top eight. They're the number, D1's got them projected as the number 10 overall national seed right now. They'd have, and, to, and, they'd have to jump Coastal and Stanford, uh, Duke at the number seven spot, but you know, they're they're in that territory where they could make things interesting. Well, and, and you know this, uh, Jeff, two weeks ago, as recent as two weeks ago, they were not even listed as a regional host, let alone the, the a possible top eight. So uh, it's 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 been a meteoric rise for the Mountaineers. And I can tell you this: in Blaine Traxel, they probably have the pitcher of the year in the Big Twelve. Uh, he had a complete game shutout last week. And in JJ Weatherholt, uh, I, I got to believe they have the player of the year in the conference. He's just been tearing it up. He's been the most consistent guy all season long from start to finish. So uh, they, there's a good chance uh, that they're going to wind up with the coach of the year in um, in Randy Macy, the pitcher of the year in Blaine Traxel, and and the player of the year in J.J. Weatherholt. There's a good chance. but they, So they so these projections, I guess, uh, still have them uh, have the Longhorns on the road, correct? Yeah, uh, and real quick, Burn Orange Yeti, yes, we, we usually do get Kendall Rogers. We'll get Kendall on probably right before uh, the conference tournament because he'll – I haven't. Yeah. I don't know Kendall's schedule, but he usually goes down to that, that marathon uh, down in, in Hoover for the, uh, for the SEC tournament. Uh, he yeah. will be, and he was on with us a couple of weeks ago and mentioned that on down the road. So okay. he is – he'll be – but we will get him back on again. For sure. Yeah, Texas right now, Craig, tell me if you haven't heard this one before. Uh, Texas on the road as the two-seed – in a regional hosted by DBU. DBU projected right now to be the number 15 overall national seed. That's paired with the Winston-Salem regional hosted by Wake Forest. Wake Forest right now projected as the number two overall national seed. That DBU regional right now would be DBU as the one taking on Sam Houston as the four with Texas as the two and an at-large spot and NC State as the three in an at-large spot. Yeah, I, and that would be a very difficult road to travel. Uh, DBU, uh, really, really good. Texas was there, obviously, in 2016. That was the year with all the, the rain and the diamond dry and helicopters over fish the outfield. Fish in the outfield. Colin Shaw <laughs> pulling up the fish in the outfield. Saw it with my own eyes, all that. And, and you know, uh, folks remember that Texas went to and barbecue in that deal. They got some bad breaks in that thing. Uh, they were the three seed. In that they played Oregon State and had a great first game, lost at four three, and then Dallas Baptist, the one seed, was uh, beaten by VCU, and so then they turned around and had to play. And and Keith and I were talking about this yesterday. DBU did not start their Friday night guy in the loss to Virginia Commonwealth. Yeah, they started their number two. They got beat, and so then they come back with their number one against Texas, and they beat Texas, and that was that. So um, yeah. Yeah. So, hey, real so quick. So it's yeah, it's kind of tough. Before I finish up these regional projections, Craig, Cam, can I get a breaking news sounder real quick? Because we got actually some good breaking Texas basketball news. Okay. Max Asmus has signed his athletic scholarship agreement. It has been processed. It has gone through compliance, and he is officially a member of the Texas basketball program. Wow. All right. That is great. Three time honorable mention AP All American, two time Summit League Player of the Year. Uh, 
we we talked about he's the active Division One leader in career scoring and career scoring average of 20, 20.8 points per game. So uh, Max Hastings, he he is officially a member of the basketball program. So good, good stuff Excellent. there. Uh, one the only other thing, Craig, I think worth mentioning real quick, like you said, TCU. I'm not even seeing them on D1's next five out or the first five out. Yeah. Excuse me. Um, for those concerned, A&M right now is projected to be a three in the Stanford regional with Stanford, San Diego State, UCSB as the two. So this has A&M taking on UCSB. Uh, one regional, and I don't have time to go through all these, Craig, but one that really jumps out to me, uh, that Conway, South Carolina regional, which I know you are uh, chomping at the bit for Texas to get over there. Coastal is the, <laughs> Coastal is the one, uh, ECU as the two, UNC as the three with Maine as the four. You know what? <laughs> a week ago, a week ago, D1 had Texas there yep. as the two and North Carolina as the three. Uh, that uh, and, and had it aligned with the Wake Forest Super. I mean, you talk about, you know, just a <laughs> incredibly difficult road to try to do. Now, that was that would be that would be really difficult. It, it, it would be better for Texas, in my view. Yeah. to go up to Dallas and play at a regional DBU than to go to Conway. And, and you know you'd eat play. yourself I mean, stupid during that, that two-week stretch, though, right? Listen, i got a vacation <laughs> coming up. There's plenty of time for seafood and barbecue on there. there. I don't go. have to do it during baseball. I'd rather the Longhorns be in Dallas for the uh, the DBU right. regional. Uh, of, <laughs> note, of note, though, Craig, to our – uh, the listeners in our general area, outside the area, uh, according to D1, their last five in for the at-large spots. UTSA is at 61. And like you said, Texas Tech, the Red Raiders, 63 of 64 right now. So they are they have no margin for error. Uh, and then you look at that cutoff, basically the second team out of the field of 64 right now for D1 baseball Texas State. So the Bobcats, in terms of an at-large, they're going to be right on the bubble most likely. Unless they just go ahead and win the Sun Belt Tournament, they're going to be right there on the bubble pretty much the rest of the way. Well, here's the thing about them. They have a chance uh, to to enhance their profile a little bit. That, that it won't be a, much of an enhancement this weekend. They just got to handle their business against Georgia State. Then they go to Fort Worth and play TCU on a Tuesday. Mm-hmm. So they need that. Uh, and, and by the way, I would say there's no chance of TCU dumping that game like some teams, like A&M did that, that TCU needs that game. The Texas State so dumped the, one last year also. Yes, right. And then and then they go to Louisiana. So that they, they have to have successful weekends there to continue to elevate their profile. So they still have a shot there. And you mentioned Texas Tech. Remember, they still go to West Virginia. Now they got to take care of business against Sam Houston, who, as you pointed out, was the four seed, right, in that DBU regional. Yeah. Sam has been uh, vastly improved lately. So they, they would have that. And then uh, – so they have to do well against Sam Houston. And then they go to Morgantown. And it's the final home series of the, of the season for West Virginia. So they got to go there and do well. And if Tech does well, then obviously it helps them tremendously in terms of their at-large profile. If they go up there and and lose the series, it doesn't help. And then, you know, if, if they were to get swept or whatever, then it might knock them completely off the bubble and might help a team like Texas State. That's why I said there's still things to be ter- determined. And it's not out of the question yet that Texas could still wind up hosting, but they're going to have to – practically run the table they're going to definitely have to win the series against West Virginia maybe not sweep it but definitely have to win it they definitely have to win the series here Uh, a sweep would help Uh, they've got one non-conference game remaining that's Tuesday night against UTA and uh, and then and then uh, then they got to handle their business in the non-conference series against San Jose State so there's still work to be done for Texas in terms of any hope at all of hosting or at the very least being a two-seed going on the road at a winnable region and not getting shuttled off to, say, a top eight, uh, which would make it difficult. Uh, all right, coming up, uh, like I said, we'll we'll pass on the normal offerings of Inconceivable today, but uh, uh, both uh, Jeff and I can have some uh, uh, thoughts on the passing of Lance Blanks. We'll do that when we continue with Life the Tower on the Horn, 1049, 1019, AM 1260. We're live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. I'm 
Light the tower on the horn, and uh, Craig Wayne, Jeff Howe with you. Um, no doubt, uh, the news that uh, we got yesterday uh, was uh, as, as shocking as it was sad on the um, the passing uh, of our friend and, and colleague Lance Blanks, and former, of course, Longhorn basketball. Star, uh, played for the Longhorns in the 88, 89, and 89 and 90 seasons after transferring from Virginia. Lance played high school basketball at a school that no longer exists. Is uh, Conroe McCullough at the time. And uh, it was wound up going into uh, the Woodlands ISD. And it's a, I think there's a middle school there, uh, McCullough Middle School. But uh, he played there. And... Uh, uh, I did his uh, high school all-star basketball game on television when he played. That's it tells you how old I am. But anyway, it, there was in the late '80s, and uh, and at first met him then. Obviously, got to know him when he was at the University of Texas, even while I was still working in Dallas, as he was you know part of the BMW trio with Travis Mays and Joey Wright, one the the team that went to the Elite Eight. Uh, and uh, he went on and and played. It, Played in the NBA uh, briefly with the Pistons and then, of course, was a front office guy uh, uh, and was uh, very active and included uh, after he spent three seasons as a player in the NBA with the Pistons and the T-Wolves. He played professionally overseas for seven years. And then uh, after that, he, he transitioned into the front office. He was a general manager of the Phoenix Suns for a time, an assistant GM of the Cleveland Cavaliers. He worked as a scout for the Spurs and most recently with the Clippers, and um, he, uh, but many folks got to know him through his work on Longhorn Network as the analyst working uh, with Lowell Galindo on the uh, Longhorn telecast, and then also ESPN had expanded his role, and he was doing uh, college basketball games in uh, other parts of the country, uh, worked a lot of the Big 12. Uh, the last game I saw Lance work was in, I believe, the quarterfinal game of the NIT for North Texas uh, up in Stillwater when they beat Oklahoma State. And uh, and, and I know, uh, Jeff, I know you, you got a chance certainly to, to visit with him. I, I didn't know how, how, how closely you had uh, gotten to know Lance, but uh, but I know that even in the, the – uh, the group that you regularly associate uh, with, and those who cover the team, I know there's there's great shock and sadness today. Yeah, uh, not as not as close as as you and some others, but uh, you know what's what's fascinating about Lance's basketball life, uh, especially at the pro level. Well, I mean, even take it back to Texas. You think about uh, the the fan bases that he touched and kind of his the, the history that he's involved with in the game. Uh, you know, it starts with him at, at Texas, and, and let's be real. I mean, uh, unless you were around and vividly remember some of those Abe Lemons teams, that BMW team was the first time a lot of Texas basketball fans fell in love with the sport, was following that team, and and a lot of people still talk fondly about that team. And I, I you know, Craig, Texas had great teams since then, but I think that team, I don't know if gold standard is the right term that you want to use, but I think when Texas fans think about an exciting brand of basketball that they want to see and that they can be proud of, the vast majority, the overwhelming majority of Texas fans go back to that team. Uh, yeah, you know I the. Think so. But and when you look at Lance, just in terms of his his professional his career, not just as a player but as an executive, uh, you know the those Pistons teams that he played with, he played at the tail end of that dynasty. Uh, Joe Dumars came out yesterday. Was one of his best friends, uh, and you know that he was on that Pistons team where, where you know Isaiah Thomas and Bill Ambeer led the the walkout in the uh, the conference finals when when the Bulls swept them in '91 as, as as part of the start of their dynasty. Uh, you know, you look at his time with the Spurs and then being involved with with Greg Popovich and, and everything they had going on there. He was an assistant GM in in, in Cleveland, uh, and and when and that covers 
uh, part of LeBron James' time there, and and then he, he obviously his time as as GM of the Suns, and then I don't know that I don't know if people knew this, but Lance just wasn't, you know, he didn't just do Longhorn Network games. I mean, you throw on a random game on ESPN Plus. I mean, I was watching. I, I want to say it was maybe the Oklahoma Alabama game this year that I think he did mm-hmm. uh, did color work for. So uh, yep. yeah, Lance was, uh, you know, the the best thing you can probably say about Lance Craig, and, and I, I think anybody that you know. Whenever our time is done, I think you would want this. We would all want this said about ourselves. Anybody that's got anything to say about Lance, well, the basketball stuff almost as as impressive as it is, it almost seems to be on the back burner when you hear about just what a good guy he was, what just what a good person he was, uh, just how personable I, he was. Absolutely, I uh, I had an opportunity. Uh, it, it, it's very very strange. And over the years, Lance and I worked one game together, one, because he had his responsibilities for LHN, and I had my responsibilities for the radio network, clearly. Uh, But we had one of those weird deals where we had an opportunity to work a game together, and it was uh, a telecast of a game between Texas State and UTSA. And this this has been several years ago, and uh, I just had, and I'd always wanted to work a game with him, and, and we had a blast. It was a really good game uh, at, uh, at down uh, at Strand Arena uh, there in San Marcos. And uh, but it, but to your point, uh, Jeff, he was uh, a, a better man in the person. And then and then the last thing I'm going to say about this um, is. It, <sighs> I've heard people say it like this, and and I guess this is the best way to say it. We don't often know, and quite often we don't know, if someone is struggling with something or dealing with something uh, or has a great many worries on their mind. Uh, In in the case of Lance, most of us are, are, are thinking, we could never have known because Lance never gave the impression that anything was ever wrong. He was he was great at, at just visiting and always had the smile and and uh, was uh, and was very effusive and and warm and friendly and and uh, and educational. I, I would learn things basketball when we would be at a practice or whatever, and I had the pleasure of sitting, you know one foot from each other for basically 10 years. He, as the analyst for LHN, me doing the play-by-play on the radio network, so our seats were, uh, you know, right beside one another. And uh, so we spent a lot of time talking uh, before a game, sometimes during a game, during a break, uh, and and after. So we spent a lot of time, even though we only worked the one game together, uh, but we spent a lot of time calling the same games, working the same games, and that's where – you know, I, I really got to know him a lot more than that. And also through uh, Eddie Orn, who and my broadcast partner, Eddie, uh, was, you know, uh, was his coach or at least a coach on Tom Pender's staff on that on that 1990 team. I know Eddie is devastated by this today. I know Rodney Terry is as well. Rodney had become very close to Lance. Um, so in closing, I'll just say this. Um as many others have said, we don't often know, we rarely know sometimes if someone is struggling or hurting. And if we ever get any inkling of it, uh, especially with people who are close to us, people that we know and love, uh, we can only do what we can do, but it certainly behooves us to try to at least ask the question, you okay? Are you doing all right? And maybe the only regret any of us who knew Lance closely would have would be we didn't know to ask because we didn't we had no clue and Lance would not have wanted anyone who was close to him to know if there were struggles going on and I'll uh, I'll leave it at that that and along with the the tweet from TJ Ford who perhaps put it best when he said I did not know my friend was struggling and today I've lost my good friend. And, uh, you know, that, that's what he said yesterday. So 
uh, that's, you know, when, when people say, hey, you know, our, our good friend Tom McKay, hug your kids, you know, hug your, your, your family and be, be close to them. Um, understand that sometimes maybe, maybe you don't have to know. Maybe, maybe someone doesn't want you to know if they are struggling, but maybe just give them a pat on the back or some kind words or something. You might not ever know that you might have helped somebody that had a difficult time with something. Might have. So we'll just we'll hope for the best on those types of things going forward. But rest in peace to Lance Blanks, uh, who we lost at the age of 56. Okay, uh, that's going to uh, uh, complete this first hour plus of the program. When we come back, we'll hear from David Pierce uh, more on the uh, Longhorn baseball team. Uh, Jeff, I would imagine we'll we'll talk about uh, the basketball commitments as well that'll be coming in. Yep, uh, for Texas, uh, we'll do that. Uh, and a couple other topics to get to when we continue with Light the Tower. On the Horn, 1049-1019, AM 1260. We're live, local, and digital on the Horn app at inhornfm.com. 